from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, April 13th. Ooh. Friday the 13th. It's how you say it. It's Friday the 13th <laughs> in April. I did first think that, you know, what is scary about April 13th? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. It's two days from tax day. Ooh. <laughs> this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello. Uh, to her immediate left, drinking the all-new Pepsi Next Hambone. Hey, everyone. How, how is that? I haven't tried it yet. What what makes it next? Uh, Real cola taste, 50% less sugar. Yeah, 60%. hang on. 60. Hold on. Give us a... That's no, not very Wait. good. Wait. Didn't Coca-Cola sponsor the Oscars? Diet, 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 Diet Coke. Coke. We yeah. should probably take this out. Man. It tastes like aspartame. Does it? Uh, but no. it's just less sugar. They, I don't think they pumped it full of fake I ones. I think it has. Cold. Yeah, it's got aspartame. Is aspartame it. the one that kills rats? Uh, yes. yes. I think. Rats slash sperm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that it says 60% less sugar, but there's no sugar in here. It's just high fructose corn syrup. But, yeah, which metabolizes the same. Well, right. But. On the well, Skype that, line. That's like I drink, I drink sodium-free like seltzer water. Mm-hmm. And and you pick up the can and it says five grams of sodium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no mathematician. But. Uh, that that voice you hear on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. We have a great podcast lined up for you today. Um, we have an in-studio performance by a great band whose album released this week. It's Desperation Band from Colorado Springs. They're, they're coming up later. And we also have an interview with Marshall Allman. Who's Marshall Allman, you say? I don't know. He is an actor that's appeared in a number of popular shows, including Prison Break and Mad Men and Grey's Anatomy. And True Blood. But he plays in his most difficult role yet, Don Miller in, oh, in the movie right. Blue Like Jazz, which opens oh. nation, not nationwide, in, in select cities tonight. Nice. So we talked to Marshall Allen. So we have a movie star and a band. That's a good good it's podcast. Epic lineup. So we need to try it, to and not it's a movie it. star portraying an author. So yeah. you sort of have the trifecta. That's true. <laughs> Except the only questions I asked him were about Mad Men. <laughs> so you play Don Miller. What's Don Draper like? <laughs> <laughs> now, Speaking the, of Don, <laughs> what's Don Draper like? In the episode, you play the brother of Don's third season mistress. What was that like? <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, but up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, April 17th. Jason Mraz. Is that how you say yes. his name? <laughs> Mraz. Mraz. I mean, it feels like there should be some more vowels in there. That's right. not our pick? That, <laughs> that is not the pick of the week. He gots the melody. <laughs> uh, the album's called Love is a Four-Letter Word. Which is very observant. <laughs> It all, love is a word that starts with L. That's the, that's the uh, Jack Johnson coming out with Jack Johnson oh, and friends. The best of the Kakusa Festival. This is a very mellow week. Yeah, vegan cookies. Uh, this, is, this is a very chilled out, mellow, yeah. hanging with keep, the bros. Keeping, type of keeping the good vibes going. Train is coming out with California 37. Dude, just give me my hacky sack. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go down to the record store. Puka shells are coming back. What is going on? Our Lady Peace is coming out with Curve. I think Chad just makes these no, up. Just I to get no, 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 no. I swear to you. I look at like six or seven sites to find out the hot happening new releases. <laughs> oh, this is and all that comes did out. Did they get hacked? I don't understand. <laughs> Jason Mraz, Jack Johnson, Train, and Our Lady Peace. Thousand Foot Crutch is coming out with The End is Where We Begin. And now our actual pick of the week. Dave Matthews Band. All the albums you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> this is a mashup of Jason Mraz, Jack Johnson, Train, uh, Neon Trees with Picture Show. Here it is. Acoustic live at the Red Rocks. with <laughs> <laughs>
The only live at the Red Rocks thing that I've seen video is John Tesh. <laughs> really? John Tesh is live a good, at the Red Rocks. I think they're all equally as trippy. That's, that's where it, that's, that's where the he, worship concert, right? No, no, no. He busts into the NBA on NBC theme song at one point. Oh. I've only seen his worship concert. <laughs> You're referring to Round Ball Rock, I believe. <laughs> so, maybe it was his worship concert, but like the crescendo was he kind of did a. Hey, when I was a worship leader, I ended every set with the NBA theme song. Did you end it with the answer machine recording <laughs> that you reminded yourself with a tune? <laughs> Note to self uh, for NBA song, maybe something like. <laughs> Speaking of NBA, all right, I'm not going to do an NBA segment, but I do have a story to share. Last Thursday night, uh, uh, we had four seats to the Knicks game, which we lost miserably. It was a terrible experience all the way around. Because Dwight hates Stan. <laughs> but, right. yeah. but it's right after that. Dwight, when did Dwight Howard become a diva? Uh, day one. And, and when did <laughs> when did Stan become such a whiny baby? Number one, he's not whiny at all. He tells it like it is. Number two, I had a dream about Stan last night. Oh, let's, oh. please, let's not. I was on a team playing for Stan. I he he was much older though. He was a much older Stan Van Gundy. I was on a team which it felt like a JV level team. Uh-huh. Yeah. And our game was at the Bob Carr Performing so Arts Center. You were playing for the Mets. <laughs> but our game was yeah, at the, the Bob, Bob Carr Cats. Performing Arts no, Center. The Bob and and so I don't know why we were at a performing arts center for our game, but like a symphony hall. But mm-hmm. that was where our game was. And I was milling around in the lobby. <laughs> At halftime, and Stan had come out because I'm on the team now. Okay. Stan came out to get a hot dog, saw me out there <laughs> naturally, saw me out there, told me to go home. <laughs> I'm in my uniform, go home. And I'm like, why? Why? And he's like, because you're out here. You know, like my focus you, is you were just, you were just pulling a Mark Sanchez in the hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just milling around talking to some people in the lobby no. at halftime. What were you doing? No, I'm not going to tell the whole story. I was watering some plants. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> he got into a fight with a girl about how much water you put in a plant. <laughs> and so I came out at halftime to show her I knew what I was talking about about how much water to put in a potted plant. And uh, and Stan, I had a hose in my hand in the lobby of the Performing Arts Center. And Stan came out I to think get. I his- would send you. I think Stan's totally justified. <laughs> Stan- I'm, I'm usually not a, a fan of either Van Gundy brother, but he's totally justified. Stan came out when he saw me. He just kept walking and he just said, go home. Like, didn't even break stride. And then I'm like, following him. I'm like, why? Why? He goes, you're holding a hose at halftime. <laughs> like, that is, there's no excuse for that. And then he woke up and he'd wet your pants. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of gardening this weekend and we have to water our plants every day. <laughs> and I went to several Magic games and it's, my mind is weird. Uh, <laughs> and, and ate a spicy meatball hoagie right before bed. <laughs> but that won my story. Okay, so third Thursday night we're playing the Knicks and some and, and in the first quarter all of a sudden this person that I've never seen before makes an appearance in the game. This is a big big white guy. Doesn't look like he's athletic in any way shape or form. Wait, for is the Knicks for the, or Knicks? Knicks? for the Knicks. Okay. okay. And, and like we don't know his name. Like I, but but he's he's white. He's a little doughy. He's not like he's not fat, but he just doesn't look athletic. He kind of looks like Luke Longley. Okay. Like like okay. Bill Winnington-esque. Yes. Mm. So picture Luke Longley. Mm-hmm. No idea who these people are. Like from the Luke 90s Longley Bulls. Is? Okay. Yeah. So he's out there, and I notice he's growing in this really sketch kind of Fu Manchu mustache. It's awesome. Nice. Adam Morrison-esque <clears throat> at this point. Really <laughs> embarrassing. Looks terrible. So I start just laying into this guy. You know, just your mustache is a disgrace and that kind of stuff. Well, it gets the section kind of riled up because the team, our team's not doing well. We don't have much point. to cheer for. Yeah, we don't have much <laughs> to cheer for. So, so, so they're 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 egging me on to to to, to you know to, to just keep blasting Josh Harrelson's mustache. So at halftime, I'm, we're there with a bunch of friends. At halftime, Tom Gustin and, and Calvin, who works with us, d- decided to try and give me more ammo for the third quarter. <laughs> And I've never pre-planned yelling before, but my, they, my stuff they, was, you're you're pretty an unscripted heckler. Yeah, my stuff was admittedly not the sharpest. It was just more the emotion of it all, you know, that got people going. So, 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 so there they had some suggestions, and, and so I got my phone out and wrote them down, <laughs> so I'd be ready for the second half. So it goes, so hey Harrelson, 
Your grandma has a butter mustache. Ooh, I was ready with that one. Okay. Good one, good one. Hey, Harrelson, your mustache is ruining it for all other mustaches. Nice. I was ready with that one. Hey, Harrelson. You got to start them all with Hey, Harrelson. Hey, Harrelson, <laughs> your mustache sucks worse than Nickelback, <laughs> which would divide the crowd a little bit, yeah. right? right? Because all the Knicks fans yeah. are Nickelback fans, <laughs> is what, what I can conjecture. So they would understand that it Except was an insult. I don't think Spike Lee is a Nickelback fan. I think he is. I all think right. they all have bad taste. And judging by a few people that I've seen walk around downtown Orlando, I think we have some Nickelback yeah. fans. So, so people would be like, hey, yeah, uh, yeah wait, what? <laughs> hey, hey, Harrelson, Wilford Brimley called and said, you're a disgrace. I like that one. I was going to say, hey, Harrelson, Andy Rooney called. He wants his eyebrows back. (laughs) They weren't nearly that bushy. Okay. Okay. And then, hey, mustache, Harrelson called and said, get off my face. (laughs) By far the best. So I was ready. I was ready to go. Harrelson did not come in in the second half. <laughs> it was the most disappointment. I had all these ready. Please tell me you just ridiculed him as he sat on the bench. <laughs> no, he was on the other side. I couldn't even. I couldn't even. I couldn't work it in. I was trying the entire time to work He's it in. He's sitting there just watching, contributing nothing to the magic loss. Yet he is the subject of your endless ridicule. <laughs> so, so I did, I went home that night and I was going to start Harrelson's face Google image search Harrelson. The mustache does not exist in any photo on the internet. Wow. I'm telling you, this is a brand new disgrace. It is brand new, fresh. It's an exciting time for him. So if he is clean shaven right now, it's because of that game. Well, what if it grew in and it's full and luxurious? <laughs> luxurious. Yeah, then who's laughing? Because <laughs> there's nothing more luxurious three for than, him. than a doughy Luke Longley with a Fu Manchu. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful, like, thick, luscious few. Fu Manchu and he goes hey Cameron Wilford Brimley just called me he said well done (laughs) (laughs) you will never get diabetes (laughs) what so a mustache protects you from diabetes no Wilford Brimley I'm assuming that's why he doesn't the power of Wilford Brimley does (laughs) the power of Wilford Brimley Oh, man. Okay, so movie release is coming out on Friday, April 20th. The Lucky One, starring Zac Efron. Heck, yeah, Miss Oh, my goodness. No, you're not. By herself. Yeah. What is the what is that movie? Isn't that movie? It's, it's like the Notebook I, Two it's, Electric Boogaloo. It it's like all about he comes from he was in war. He saw a picture of this girl. The girl inspired him. Kept she's him like alive. She's like a farm hand or something. Spi- what did you say? Inspired him. Kept she, him alive. So no. basically, it's one of the movies that's the cause of 50% of divorces. And he, so then he comes no. back from war and f- <laughs> says, I she, have to find you. He and was then, with. He was in war, and he saw something, and he went over to pick it up. And right that moment, all of the other guys got hit with a missile and uh, died. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, it's in the commercial. <laughs> hey, did you guys know that a Frey song plays the entirety in the background <laughs> of the yes. movie? And then he goes back, and she's not with... The other guy, whoever it was, and because oh, that guy had the picture on him, and he was blown up. Yeah, I guess. I don't and know. so she's mourned now because he served out his and now full he gets term. To swoop in, and Ryan. Think of, in. Ryan, think of your favorite Channing Tatum movie, <laughs> and just substitute <laughs> Zac Efron. <laughs> uh, also coming out, Think Like a Man, starring Steve Harvey. Nothing. Mm, uh, and Chimpanzee, starring Tim Allen. That's supposed to be amazing. What? No, it really is. What? Is it a it's comedy? Like, no, it's a documentary by the guys who did Planet Earth, and they just tried. Why is like, Tim Allen in it? I think he's he's probably the narrator. Why would Tim Allen be the narrator? Because I don't he's know. Buzz. Oh, yeah. and he was in. <laughs> he's um, a good voice. And he was in uh, Jungle to Jungle. Oh. Um, <laughs> with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But it's supposed to be amazing, like because it tracks instead of like Planet Earth, where you know it's just a whole bunch of animals, it tracks one chimpanzee in its life. It's supposed to really that seems good. like it'll take a long time. I think it seems it does. like something you'd rent. Well, like that seems like Jesse would do. <laughs> that seems like something that like it does seem like something Jesse would that that the footage at the beginning his, of his life yeah, wouldn't be as good as at the end of his life because over the fifty years, like you know, HD was developed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, true. it sounds like something you better, rent better, and better, like, better. dude, this is gonna be so awesome. It's a movie about like this this chimp and with Tim Allen and like fifteen minutes in, you're like you. You play in a game on your computer. It's like ah, <laughs> it sounds like a movie uh, that maybe Dave Matthews fans would be really into. If you catch my drift, <laughs> <laughs> they pop in the re- they mute it and pop on the Red Rocks CD. <laughs> yeah, the premiere is actually at Red Rocks. Jim Benz, the Red Carpet. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices.
You're listening to Alex Claire. The song is too close, and it's my favorite song right now. <laughs> it is. I listen to it nonstop. Oh. Every meeting, I amp up the the crowd with that song. <laughs> and every time you watch TV, you Crap get to hear the song as well. Right, because it's Internet Explorer. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard gossip with Perfect World. It's uh, the video is playing right now on Relevant.tv. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, um, I have a, a slice that is similar in, in some ways uh, to last week's, which I should probably uh, use this uh, time to address something last week because this is the segment of the the program where I said a joke um, that was no, very. It was called hate time. speech. Hate speech. Well, what happened was uh, I was doing a slice about these guys who had found uh, paintings by Picasso and Andy Warhol at garage sales. And it ended up that they sold them for, you know, millions or or thousands or millions of dollars. (laughs) Far more than they paid for them. (laughs) So I said... Um, and, and, and remember, we, we uh, you know, a little look behind the curtain here, uh, you know, we record this several days prior to it actually going up. Um, so this was before Friday of last week. And I said, I'm on the lookout for to buy some Kincaids, the, uh, referring to the mass produced paintings of Thomas Kincaid. Uh, it it just sounded, it was just the idea. I wasn't trying to be overly mean spirited, but I feel like he he was a, you know, cultural figure and he does produce, you know, mass produced art that the idea that you would find one at a garage sale that would later be worth millions of dollars, the way a Picasso is just struck me as funny. Right. Friday night. I saw that Thomas Kincaid had passed away. Yeah. I know, bad timing. It was a day. It was the day the podcast came out. <laughs> nice yeah, job, Yeah, the Jesse. day the podcast was released. Uh, uh, so that, I want to uh, <laughs> apologize to uh, anyone who's offended by that. It was not my. If I, you know, it, it, I wouldn't have made the joke if if I knew he what if he had passed away. Saturday, Maya comes in panicked to the room where I was. She goes, "Hey, uh, was this the podcast where Jesse made that?" Thomas Kincaid joke because he just died, <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And I was like, "Totally dumb." I was like, "Yeah, he already emailed me last night. He feels terrible." I did. I, I felt legitimately, you know, it was. I know it was an unexpected death, that, and I wouldn't want to. I, I wouldn't want to make a joke at someone's uh, at the expense of someone who who died unexpectedly. Yeah, so, I mean, so at the time <clears throat> we recorded it, it was. Yeah, it, it was. It was just a, a was joke. Alive as, and yeah, I mean, it was. You know, he like I said, he's a he's a cultural figure who is who's contributing well, art. I feel like that's open. You know, for, well, for commentary fairness, and humor. In fairness to you, you weren't making fun of Kincaid so much as his art, as, as the <laughs> ubiquitousness yeah. and the mass mass marketness right. of his art. Right. That there would a, exactly. be no rarity. Right. There would be no rarities. So yeah, I, mean, I mean, he has he his art is sold. In his signature stores at malls in Middle America, right. you, you that were, was the joke. Yeah, you know, you were making fun out of the fact. I mean, the reality is, one out of twenty homes in America has a Kincaid painting. Ours, so, is, yeah. ours is not one. Yeah, ours is not one. That is true. So, so they don't have the rarity of a, of a hand drawn Andy Warhol or Picasso painting. Right. Was the joke right? I, th- uh, I, I mean, did anybody get that confused? I didn't hear anything. I mean, some people, he, I, you know, t- tweeted me. as like, I bet Jesse feels pretty bad right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I don't think anybody got offended. I mean, people. Yeah, well, under- well people I, I'm not saying anyone before. did. I just, I just wouldn't. I just want to clear the record and <laughs> say like, I, w- this was recorded far before. Because I don't know if people listened to it li- or later in the week yeah. and, and thought that it was said after the oh, news of true. his death had come out. You know, right? But. But either way, so we'll put an asterisk on last week's podcast in, in our in our archives. An asterisk yes. either means we recorded it on Tuesday or Jesse was drunk during the recording and can't be held responsible. Jesse offended someone yeah. again, or uh, yeah, or I was watching a Red Rocks DVD and, just <laughs> and got distracted. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, uh, okay, you know what? Seriously, we need to put a big screen in our studio <laughs> and just on mute play the John Tesh Red Rocks DVDs while we record the podcast. That'd be good. I thought you were going to say have Jesse's face up there. No, just John Tesh. We can be with us. Alright, what do you have, Jesse? You just need the vibes. Right, that's what I'm saying. We just need to force into the studio. Well, an individual, it's a family in California claimed that because their father, who recently passed away, had purchased something at an estate sale recently, they may be entitled to a significant 
uh, amount of money. What they found is that um, their father at one point had purchased at like a garage sale uh, a 1917 stock certificate for Palmer Union Oil Company, a company that's long defunct. Um, but <clears throat> back in the, uh, the 20s, this company was absorbed into Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And if the the stock certificate translated, uh, which it's still a legitimate stock certificate, into what they're saying its equivalency in Coca-Cola stock would be, that would entitle the fam- family to $130 million. Whoa. No way. They're not going to get the that wow, money. That's called the wow factor. <laughs> <laughs> that's the wow factor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you do what you do. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, exactly. That's why I've been going to those storage unit auctions. Um, so, uh, you know, Coke is obviously fighting it, but some legal experts say they actually may have a case because the, at no point did the stock certificate become invalid. Um, but they also might have a, a hard time tracking the paperwork over the last hundred years to say that this oil company that was absorbed in Coca-Cola, the transaction would enable it to exactly translate to mm-hmm. Coke stock. But they potentially have a case for $130 million of Coca-Cola stock. That's crazy. They could probably at least like settle for... Yeah, for like 20. Yeah, 20 yeah. million were good. Yeah. And that would yeah. be a deal for both, both sides. I picture I picture that the um, the the Coke executives are meeting and they're like, all right, let's offer them a year of free Coke <laughs> and twenty million dollars. And, and when they offer the year of free Coke, they just take it right there, right? Like Kramer, yeah, <laughs> yeah, deal, yeah, deal with uh, Jackie Childs. Uh, yes. Very upset at that transaction. Maya, what do you have? I have a wonderful slice. I'd like to thank um, our listeners. I got three slices this week. Um, but I actually am going to bring one of my own. Look at that. Look out, world. She hates the Here listener slices. <laughs> <laughs> no, they Sorry. were good. They, they, thank Sorry, you everyone guys. who sent to me, but they were terrible. They, so <laughs> I find them. No, they were good. One of them was one that I had already retweeted out about how a monkey got loose down in um, South Florida. I thought you were going to say Tampa because there's always stories I, about monkeys was, getting loose in Tampa. I was going to say, I think it was Tampa, South Florida somewhere. <laughs> there's this big, well, that's and not it, South Florida. It's not? No. South-ish? South Central. Southish. South Central. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, monkey got hard out of, knock chimps. Yeah. <laughs> jumped out of at the gas station. Jumped out of his owner's car and ran away. Wait, <laughs> see again. His was owner's the car. The yeah. So the guy's just <laughs> driving around with a with yes, a chimp in the passenger seat. Well, he's part of the film crew of uh, <laughs> the new Tim Allen feature. It's a good right, way to get right. mauled. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he, he was driving the chimp to the red carpet premiere <laughs> at Red Rocks. <laughs> And, and the chimp was unbuckled, I presume. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm actually bringing um, a slice about our other favorite thing to talk about now, um, zip lines. Apparently, okay. we started, I'm going to just assume we take credit for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, zip lines uh, in Central Florida here in St. Cloud, it's uh, about 50 minutes away from Orlando. Mm-hmm. There is a new, well, it's a theme park and they're, Saying there. Well, it's an eco theme park. It's an eco theme park. Right. It's called Florida Eco Safari in St. Cloud. And they just. I did have a frequent frequent visitor's pass. We should. Do you they, really? Oh. <laughs> I didn't even know it was out there, but they just opened the nation's first zipline roller coaster. What? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And because right before you said that, I was thinking, this sounds like the lamest amusement <laughs> park in the world. <laughs> well, there is a man um, called. <laughs> There's a man. There's a man called uh, Michael Smith. Doesn't say. He's There's Michael. a lot of men called Michael right. Smith. Right. Is his middle name start with a W? <laughs> they leave that out. But this man um, is very, very passionate about zip lines. Well, then it's w. well, we'll just call him W for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And um, he gives all these quotes about how zip lines are making a comeback. And in the past... Where'd they go? What comeback? Well, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Has there ever been like a zip line boom that then regressed? Well, well, no, there's not. You're right. It's it's in its heyday right now. In 2005, in the United States, there were 17 different um, outlets that had zip line rides and stuff. Now, in 2011... Well, last year, in 2011, when they did a survey, the U.S. has 311 outlets. Right, and now we have the first zip line roller coaster. And now, yeah. Did you hear... Somebody sent me a link saying that uh, Las Vegas is copying the podcast idea, and they're they're doing urban zip lines between two hotels. That That's actually awesome. makes a lot of sense. Except yeah. that everyone will be drunk. 
Yeah. <laughs> People will be falling that from the sky. <laughs> that can't be a good Las idea Vegas. in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. We, sir, we need to put you your free drink down. Now we're going to strap you into this extremely dangerous <laughs> tiny line across a hotel. Yeah. So it's going to go from the maybe it's going to go from the tip of the uh, Excalibur pyramid. Oh, it's a terrible to idea. one of the adjacent hotels. But even here's my thing. How do you get up to the tip of the pyramid? Yeah, you got what you got to mm. scale the glass. I mean, it's like yeah. it's not like there's a balcony up there. You got to do Mission Impossible. Well, what happens in <laughs> Vegas? Yeah, stays in Vegas unless you're in a horrific zip line accident. <laughs> then you're probably not leaving for a while. No, and then you're staying in Vegas. So you, yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, well, this uh, Michael Smith. <laughs> Uh, a few years ago, w, w, we call them dubs. Dubs. <laughs> he he proposed um, a system, an urban system for the for the city of Denver a few years ago, but it was not approved. Well, um, you don't want to be out there while it's snowing. That's the thing. That's true. You got to do it. You got to do it in a tropical climate. Um, See. He, and two, the designation of zipline roller coaster sounds a little redundant to me. <laughs> no, no, no. You have to because see I think any any zipline is a zipline roller. No, coaster. no, no. You have to do. You have to look at the picture. It's not. They have like levees that will take you back up and down. Well, it's and, and it's not just um, only wire. Like there's parts of it where you do loop de loos and stuff what? like that. Yeah. So but it only lasts a minute. Yeah. So you're hanging on this thing, and it like certain parts of it it turns into like almost like track but you're and mm. then it goes back to line and it's crazy do you have to and hold on or are you only about there? half the people oh, harnessed because <laughs> you're up in the treetops well, i'm just saying <laughs> i mean you do a loopy loop your yeah. fingers get a little weak boom you fly to your death like a monkey that's why vegas is gonna fail <laughs> they're gonna forget that whole yeah. harness part i'll be honest this sounds like a terrible idea <laughs> I, I would do it in a heartbeat. So, we need to, oh, we need to do a his, team building. Please tell me his plan. Like his blueprint for this is like a crudely drawn sketch like on the back of an old or, newspaper. Or it's just made out of connects. <laughs> <laughs> this has got to be our team building exercise this year for the staff. <laughs> we need to go down uh, Well, Well, Dubs does a really good quote, which I just want to read to you, about um, urban mass transit at zip lines. It says, it seems a little bit out there, but the reality is in a crowded city, it's very practical to create a network of systems where people would not travel by gravity necessarily, but have a small hybrid vehicle that zips along suspended cables. Okay, so... He said the cost of this would be far cheaper than roads and sidewalks. I believe what he's referring to is the buckets that they used to have at Disney World. <laughs> where <laughs> kind you, of, right. Where you would go in the little bucket. But you, and they, they, they shut more... them down because people were spitting on people below. I was just saying, yeah. the, the reason that would work is no one likes to be spit on. <laughs> <laughs> because so. it, you can have the most civilized, like you know, kind, polite person in the world. When they're up on that little bucket, just kind of uh, slowly going over a crowded amusement park, they're spitting. <laughs> I'm just saying this guy has already done all the research. So when we put our zip on lines his napkin, in, he did all the research yeah. on his napkin. So we just need to, we need to get in contact with him when we want to implement our own system. So yeah, yeah, because yeah. he has the, the know-how. Yeah. So, he, so he, he consulted with th the eco. All we got to do is build a nice staircase up to our roof. And then attach a But he a could pole. put some loop-de-loos in there to make it a little more exciting. I don't need yep. loop-de-loos because we may have to carry guests over to the studio or something. So mm. you don't want to overstimulate them. I think the fact that we're flying over a road to our studio <laughs> is, is enough. enough. At least to start. But yeah. That's a good one. That's a good. That's a good. I, I'm just picturing him going to like the park investors with like a pile of subway napkins <laughs> for his lunch. Be like, inspiration hit, guys. Check this out. I was listening to Dave Matthews. <laughs> I love that he like submitted it to the city of Denver to try and get it approved. <laughs> if you've ever driven in uh, Denver's HOV lanes, you would be glad for a zip line. So the lesson is here is if, if Denver turns down your idea, St. <clears throat> Cloud, Florida will welcome you with open arms. Right. Yeah. All right, good. What do you got, Ryan? All right. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about how Michael Bay is ruining childhood. That's correct. Yes. Uh, specifically, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now it's just called Ginger, now it's just Ginger Safari. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now just Ninja Turtles. Uh, but Netflix <laughs> is trying to counteract that with a new deal that they have just signed with uh, Hasbro, uh, which is a toy maker, which also... It's the toy maker that basically spawned every cartoon in the 80s. Right. Because if you if you weren't aware, I hate to be cyn the cynical one. If you weren't aware, every what? every that's your role in the yeah. podcast. Every <laughs> cartoon you it. loved in the 80s was just a commercial. So, um, because it was literally started by take a that back <laughs> a very effective commercial. Yeah, it was literally just a toy maker trying to figure out a story to make you buy mm -hmm. toys. 
So, but I well, refuse well to believe that that's true. I some shows started as a show, and then the products came after. Well, but they were still started by a toy maker who was already making toys. Who just wanted to start a show. I'm going to think of an example for you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, Hasbro, like the studio division of Hasbro, uh, just signed a deal with hey, Netflix. All the Hanna Barbera cartoons. Boom, Scooby Doo. Yeah, but those were those were. Cur- but I'm talking like Transformers, GI Joe, Shira, He Man. Well, you're talking about the Hasbro ones. You said yeah. all '80s cartoons. Okay, not oh. all '80s. Cartoons. <laughs> all the '80s Hasbro cartoons. Well, but uh, most of those Scooby Doo didn't start in the '80s. No, it was '70s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I had I had a bunch of toy mystery machines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Hasbro just signed a deal with Netflix uh, for streaming, and so coming to Netflix in 2012. Actually, uh, My Little Pony and Pound Puppies has already started, and coming to I Netflix in 2012 are Gem and the Holograms. Uh, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Real American Heroes. Jim and the Holograms. Uh, but it's J-E-M. Yeah, it's J-E-M. It's not Jim, like Jim no, Belushi or something. It's J-E-M. Uh, Transformers, Beast Wars, and Transformers Rescue Bots are all coming to uh, Netflix streaming. Um, Adventures of the Gummy Bears, 1985. That was, Dis- that was Disney. Gummy Bears? <laughs> yeah, that, like that was a eat? candy maker. No, <laughs> have you never seen Adventures of Gummy Bears? No. It is the best cartoon of all time. Why? Is it it's delicious? so good. What? <laughs> it's just all these bears who live in trees and like they get into perilous situations. All they have to do to get out is drink this gummy juice that makes them. I bounce. was going to say this show it's sounds awesome. sweet. <laughs> Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, nineteen eighty nine. That was Disney. a great one. Uh, so you're saying Disney's excluded and Hanna Barbera's excluded? Well, Disney is automatically designed to sell you stuff, but not toys. You said toys. Well, toys oh and gosh. experiences. Okay, hold on. Keep looking. Snorks. There weren't Snorks toys. <laughs> 1984. Snorks. There you go. Boom. <laughs> okay. There probably were Snorks. Oh. Smurfs. That wasn't. I mean, they had little figures. Yeah, but, but those know. were yeah. f- like those were from a different country. Were they? Yeah, I think they were. Like silver Hawks. 1986. Silver Hawks. What is Silver Hawks? <laughs> They're the Silver Hawks. <laughs> <He has laughs> no idea. I'm looking at the list. I'm looking at the list. No, do you? Like, okay, Inspector Gadget. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Inspector Gadget. Is that well. was all about the story. <laughs> I got. I would always get so annoyed that Inspector Gadget never actually did anything. And Slimer that never... <laughs> and the real Ghostbusters, nineteen ninety eight. That was all toys. That was, was it? Toys, oh yeah. yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch that either. Garfield and Friends. They're just trying to sell you a comic strip. Yeah, I like. Did Garfield. they ever show Doctor Claw's face? No. <laughs> I never. have actually like since I became an adult, I have looked on Wikipedia to see like if there was ever an ending to that show because it drove me nuts when I was a kid. Yeah, that's really messed up of them. Yeah, you know because a lot of the reason people watch were like maybe today they'll yeah. show Doctor Today, Do- nineteen eighty Heathcliff, nineteen eighty four Heathcliff. Not really a toy line. I like Heathcliff. also a cartoon strip. Yeah, There's also a Bill Murray film. <laughs> No, not Heathcliff. That was Garfield. Count Duckula. Oh, yeah. oh Count Duckula was great. Oh, yeah. Richie Rich. Richie Rich. Darkwing, Darkwing Duck. Richie Rich was a Let's cartoon. Get yeah. Nineteen. Oh no. Wait. Darkwing yeah, yeah. Duck. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was a cartoon. When there's trouble, you call DW. <laughs> Darkwing Duck. Kissy Fur. <laughs> what? <laughs> Kissy Fur. Nineteen eighty-five. No. Yeah. We're just making stuff. Anyway, no, no. all that to say. Anyways, you're gonna have some great stuff. On Netflix soon. Okay, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Desperation Band. What do you want of me? I got no words of sympathy. And if I, I go around with you, you know that I'll get messed up too with you. With you. Na na na. You're listening to Bell and Sebastian. The song is Crash. The video is playing right now over at relevant.tv. Desperation Band is a worship band from Colorado Springs. Uh, they're based out of the New Life Church there. They were formed all the way back in 2001. I actually went to college with a couple of the band members. Yeah. Um, uh, John Egan. Um, actually, the band started uh, John Egan, Jared Anderson, and Glenn Packiam at a Desperation Conference back in 2001. Hmm. Desperation Band now is led by John Egan. Jared Anderson does solo stuff. Glenn Packiam does solo stuff. Uh, it's funny that we all went to college together. Crazy. Um, Desperation Band, uh, just last Tuesday on uh, the 10th, released their brand new album called Center of It All. It's produced by Paul Mayberry. 
the album's a studio worship album and features 11 new songs, uh, most of which were collaborations with uh, like Jason Ingram, uh, Mayberry, and uh, Mia Fields. The band performed five songs in our studio. You can see them all on the podcast episode page on Relevant TV and on our YouTube channel. Performing wonderful, here is Desperation Band.
That was Desperation Band. Check them out at desperationband.com. listening to Mr. Little Jeans. <laughs> the song is Runaway. The video is playing right now on Relevant TV. I would think running away would be difficult in Little Jeans. <laughs> Especially you know? if you were a mister. Yeah. Oh, boy. She's an amazing artist. She has a new album coming out this year, and I'm very excited for it. Marshall Allman is an actor, uh, best known for his role as L.J. Burroughs on Fox's television series Prison Break. He also had recurring roles in True Blood, and as you heard earlier, appeared in Mad Men, Grey's Anatomy, The Closer, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and a bunch of others. Opening right now, today, Marshall will star as Don Miller in the movie Blue Leg Jazz. To learn more about Marshall uh, and the film, figure out where it's playing, buy tickets, you can either visit bluelegjazzthemovie.com, or you can actually visit a microsite at our site, relevantmagazine.com slash bluelegjazz. Our very own Ryan Ham spoke to him. Here is Marshall Allman. Uh, the first question I was just curious: like, uh, were you a fan of the book before you ever even read a screenplay? Um, I had never, I had never read it, but I had heard uh, really favorable, th- favorable things. Like anybody else that's heard about Blue Like Jazz or been recommended it. You know, people don't just recommend it. They, like, really recommend the book, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that had happened to me a few times. And, and uh, you know, and I was kind of drawn to it anyways because, uh, you know, it had this sort of allure, this artistic allure to it that, you know, I always love. I love aesthetics and artistic perspective on things. And, like, Blue Egg Jazz seemed to not be, like, a typical, you know, self-help kind of uh, book about faith, you know? So when I got the, I got an email, you know, from Steve Taylor, you know, basically saying we're making Blue Jazz in a movie. I was like, already like, oh man, I bet this is going to be really cool. Uh, Like you've been on a lot of shows that, you know, Christians who might want to go to the movie, like, or to go to Blue Like Jazz or fans of the book or something might be like might object to i mean like i mean the first yeah. time i ever saw you was on Mad Men. yeah but i mean like you know you're on true blood and Mad Men and justified like um was it weird to go from those shows that are sort of known for their moral ambiguity and then to all of a sudden go into this movie that's like you know sort of prime in the christian media market N- no not at all i mean it may be weird for other people but it's not weird for me because all i look at is writing you know what i mean like as an actor, I'm, I'm a storyteller, so I'm just looking for stories that compel me that when I read it, I go, oh, I want to tell this. I want to live this out. And, and life exists in sort of a moral ambiguity. You know, no matter what you may believe the truth to be, or for those that have the perspective of absolute truth, that whether the truth you see it or not is, you know, life sort of doesn't really play out like that. You right, know, the age-old right. question, like, what is truth? Mm-hmm. You know, And so in the writing that I do, I love, I love writing that that presents a story in raw form so that truth kind of exists and lives in that. You know what I mean? It's, truth is such an ethereal thing to pin down mm-hmm. in, in this world. Like, And I think there's no better way to do it than through storytelling, you know? And because so many different truths can be pulled out of story, right. you know, when it's true story. So for me, like, as an actor, like, man, I just look for compelling writing. I look for compelling stories that I feel like you know, aren't manipulating the story either way. You know, they're not they're not a fairy tale, you know, and they're not like overly, you know, like present a worldview that's way super negative, you right, know, because right. I think in life there's redemption mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, but it's not, everything's not all gleamingly positive, you right, know, so right. I just look for that truth in storytelling and mm-hmm. Blue Like Jazz was just as much fun to act as True Blood or Justified or anything, you know, and it was just as intense, you know, it's just maybe not as graphic.
do you feel like you have a foot in hate to make this distinction but like the mainstream world and i guess the christian world like is that is that a dichotomy you feel um yeah you know uh you know it's like being an actor in los angeles like i'm in an industry where like honestly no one cares what you believe you know especially if you're not excellent at what you do yeah and even then they might listen to what you believe like you know no one cares like especially if you're not good yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so you know for me like kind of once one foot in on on the industry and then like also seeing you know the church and them trying to kind of participate in the industry too it's like you know if i could say anything it's like guys like pursue excellence you know like there are people that come out to la and they like give their lives to their craft you know they come out here and they're like monk-like in their pursuit of filmmaking or learning how to operate a camera and get a great shot you know you know this is kind of one of my themes is like you know if you attest to knowing the god who created reality and even go so far as to say he's your friend Mm -hmm. then you should be one of the most authentic real people i've ever met in my life Mm -hmm. and that's what resonates is authenticity Mm -hmm. And so in Los Angeles, if, if you have any sort of faith, you really quickly, no matter what you believe, it better be real and it better be authentic, you know? Nobody wants a sugar pill in Los Angeles if it's not going to get them really high. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's got to be, it's got to do something. Yeah. It's got to have, it's got to be packing some sort of power. As a Christian who's working on being a good like the best storyteller you can be like why do you think that perceived gap exists like why are christians afraid of stories um i don't know like we i find that christians are really scared of their own humanity Hmm. i think it's because one of the forefront messages of the church that seems to be blasted to the world is like perfectionism necessity Mm -hmm perfectionism is like running rampant like you have to be a perfect person so you almost have to like there's no place for you know your faulty human nature to exist really Mm -hmm. the flesh you know Mm -hmm. we're all like terrified of the attack of the flesh (laughs) you know and people can't like they have a really hard time because it takes you know being vulnerable and real Mm -hmm. and being messy and admitting things you don't admit and like confessing and you know all this stuff and it's like I mean, nobody likes that, but we sure, we really put it in the closet, you know? (laughs) And so it's like, you know, uh, one of our favorite things to say on the team, you know, with all the guys around Black Jazz is like, you know, the idea that somehow Christianity and family friendly go hand in hand, like, it's like a complete myth. I mean, if you were to make the Bible family friendly, it'd be a lot shorter book, you know? And a lot of the stories, like, don't tie up very well, you know? They don't end well, like there's hardcore stuff going on in there and I think somewhere along the lines we just got this idea that we needed to put on this face of perfection and then that if if we weren't perfect then nobody would believe our God is either hmm. and I just think that's just it's impo- it's a it's an impossible burden like that yoke is not light you know what I mean right right I think that's where we kind of get scared to be real you know you can stuff your humanity in a closet but it's gonna come out one way or another right Right. Hopefully we could create a healthy environment for that for it to come out. You know, and that's, I would love I would love for that to change. That was Marshall Allman, better known as Donald Miller. Check him out in Blue Like Jazz the movie, which is uh, opening this weekend in uh, most of the country and the rest of the country next weekend. Find out where it's playing at bluelegjazzthemovie.com. listening to subtract song is hold on i really like this album and if you're gonna google it don't write the word subtract (laughs) it's all caps s-b-t-r-k-t they don't like vowels apparently not uh when desperation band came to the studio 
they they have the they have the uh, conundrum that all bands have when they come in. They have no idea what we want as far as like a setup. You know, like I thought you were going to say they have no idea who we are. Yeah, <laughs> that's what all that's the problem. All the bands, are. and uh, so they the, all the bands always have that moment. They come in the studio and they're like, "Okay, so do you want this acoustic? You know, do you want this? You know, whatever." And so we've had bands like do full on like this is a show. Right. And we've had bands that like, "Oh, we didn't bring any instruments." <laughs> so, um, so uh, Desperate Man came and 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 like like has been the case since. Uh, since we've opened or gotten that 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 piano, our little two hundred dollar throwaway grand piano, mm-hmm. they uh, pulled that over into the set and they uh, they did a three piece um, arrangement, which was a real reconstruction of a lot of their their songs and stuff. They have a big sound, yeah. So they uh, they stripped it down. It was great. Uh, they they did a great job reinventing their their music for that context. Uh, you'll definitely definitely want to see the performances. All of them. I uh, can't recommend enough. Head over to our YouTube channel or Relevant TV and uh, check out all the Desperation Band stuff and share them with your friends. Performing Strong God, here is Desperation Band.
That was Desperation Band. Check out all these performances at Relevant TV or our channel at youtube.com. You're listening to Vinyl Thief, which should be prosecuted to the utmost extent of the law. Uh, the song is Pipes. You can get the album on noise, on noise Trade. That's nice. Good note. It's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you what bit character from a 90s sitcom or show would you like to see come back today and have his or her own show as that exact same character, just in the modern day? You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and did not disappoint us. Here's a few of our favorite replies. I just like T-Money 9000, uh, his first idea, hanging with Mr. Cooper, the JUCO years. <laughs> uh, the junior college yeah. years, that's great. <laughs> with special guest Roger from Sister Sister, Miles from Moesha. Moesha? Moesha. Moesha. Uh, and Rudy Huxtable. Oh, yeah. That would be, all, sure. that would be an amazing show. So, yeah. so to a guy and two girls hanging with Mr. Cooper the JUCO years. Mm-hmm. So, what's the premise of this? Mr. Cooper becomes a junior college teacher. I, I thought he was the coach. Wasn't he <laughs> I think he was both. I think he was, yeah. he was like the PE coach. Yeah, and he had a class. Yeah. So maybe yeah. he's teaching kinesiology one hundred and one. <laughs> I think. I think what's funny about it is, is so like he's at a Christian coaching junior, a junior college, college <laughs> basketball team. Hey, how come there's no Christian junior colleges? Because, um, I don't know. We have Christian preschool, elementary, middle school, Christian high school, Christian universities, Christian postgraduate. But why are we absent from the JUCO? I don't know. Boy, I mean, missionally, we should have Christian <laughs> ju- junior <laughs> colleges, right? Yeah, maybe you should reach out to some uh, church leaders and, and get this the ball rolling on this Also, thing. technical schools. We don't have Christian technical schools. <laughs> We like, aren't like, training up the next generation of Christian plumbers or car repairmen or computer repairmen or animal medical dental office or veterinary assistance. <laughs> I mean, we need Christian veterinary TV, assistance. VCR repair. <laughs> Child daycare. Computer programming. Yeah. We need um, to, don't we? We need to raise up Christian. Don't we? TV VCR repairman. I you guys ever watch TV like you know like in the afternoon at all? And there's like these commercials for technical. What do you do? <laughs> we have jobs. No, I'm just now. saying you're never home We're at working. lunch or something to turn on TV, or you've never been homesick and watch TV in the afternoon. And there's a commercial on, and it's for like one of these uh, uh, technical schools, right? And they're like, look at you, just sitting there on the couch. You got no job? You just sitting there shooting text messages all day, man. Shooting. Man, you need to get your life on track and call this number to get involved in this school. And it's like, I don't need the kind of condescension to my TV right now, okay? You don't know me. You don't know me. Even if I wasn't on my lunch break right now, which I am, I could, you know, I could be working from home. You I know, like, I can be an entrepreneur. But if you're Don't working from home, you shouldn't be watching Gummer Power reruns. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ones late at night where they're like, go to school in your pajamas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> pajama school. How come there's no Christian pajama schools? You know? There's a pajama school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Isaac L., uh, I like this idea. He thinks Wilson, the neighbor from Home Improvement, should have a late show. Now, um, he, he does say that uh, uh, Wilson, he preserving the integrity of the 90s character, would never show his full face, mm-hmm. much like uh, the, the mystery would remain, much like Dr. Claw. But w- <laughs> what Isaac suggests is like a Jay Leno or Conan where celebrities would come on for uh, advice. I see, I see uh, Wilson's as more of a Dr. Phil. I was going to say it might be more of an afternoon show. Yeah. Yeah. I would think it'd be like the right Dr. after Gomer Pyle reruns. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, with with, with colleges with, with colleges uh, advertising yeah. by reprimanding you for watching TV during the afternoon. Brandon Fisher says, "I know Neil Patrick Harris is still in the show business, so but wouldn't it be ironic to bring him back? Uh, but specifically as Doogie Howser, MD. This time around, he's had his medical license revoked for gross negligence. He's no longer practicing medicine, and the show would simply be called Douglas Hauser. 
To fill the void uh, that practicing medicine has left, he begins to lead a very shallow, empty life. Okay, it's Bernie Stinson. <laughs> I was going to say, what if it became Douglas Hauser and it was just House? Oh, like they, they spelled it, could be it differently? Douglas Hauser? <laughs> so he'd be German. He'd be, he'd be it's, German. it's a blatant ripoff. <laughs> exactly. But like, it's not, he, he has the cane. Yeah. Like, he's, he's addicted to prescription meds. Yeah. He's a, he's a, uh, he's a socially awkward him. genius. It's just slightly different because he holds his cane in his other hand. And it's a different medicine he's addicted to. Yeah. He talks with a German accent because yeah. his name is Hauser. My name is Hauser. <laughs> that's how he introduces himself at every show. All right. Well, that was the, uh, that's it for your feedback from last week. There's more. If you want to head over to last week's podcast episode page, you can uh, chime in there. Okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Full disclosure. Full disclosure here. We just spent the last 27 minutes <laughs> off the air. That's why we edited this thing. <laughs> Trying to come up with a question of the week. It'd be that's horrible why I just, if it was live. That's why I just played a full album. <laughs> Red Rocks. <laughs> yeah, that's, Red why, Rocks. that's why you just listened to a Red Rocks album just now. Um, <laughs> Both discs. You, you just listened to the audio from Red an Rocks. old episode of Caroline in the City. <laughs> <laughs> it was on afternoon syndication. We had to put something on it. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the best reference of the whole time. Um, like I said, it's the Family Guy thing. You just have to make an old reference, not even a real joke about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we twice a year when we're totally stumped, because a lot of times the slices will beget a clear further interaction that we want to have. We want to talk further about one of the slices. This week, none of them. None of them are things we want to talk more nothing. about. We got nothing. So uh, about twice a year this happens, and we flip it, and we ask you to ask us a question of the week. So we want to know your questions for us. You can ask us anything, serious, not serious, whatever you want to know from the podcast crew. We will answer them on next week's podcast. Go over to our podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Post your questions for the crew there, and we will answer our favorites on next week's show. Many thanks to Desperation Band for coming through. Uh, make sure to go over to iTunes or wherever good music is sold and uh, check out their brand new album called Center of It All. It's hot off the press. And uh, while you're at it, uh, head over to our YouTube channel or Relevant TV and uh, watch the five performances in our studio. You won't want to miss them. Uh, they're absolutely fantastic. Marshall Allman stars in the brand new movie, the highly anticipated movie, Blue Leg Jazz. Opening tonight in limited release, I think it's about 20 cities, uh, and if it goes well, uh, it'll roll out wider than that. So uh, go support uh, independent Christian filmmakers. It's actually a good movie. That's the thing. So you want to go check that out. Um, and to learn more about Blue Light Jazz, you can uh, see a lot of the behind-the-scenes discussions at relevantmagazine.com slash Jazz. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to Relevant. Because if you subscribe now, you will get our May issue. And our May issue has Don Miller on the cover. So uh, if you want to read that cover story, head over to our website and subscribe to Relevant Now. You get an amazing deal. Music, Reject Apathy, a ton of stuff for only $14.95. It's, it's like cover price is 46 bucks, but it's $137 worth of stuff you actually get for just $14.95. And the support would mean a ton to us. So... Head over to Relevant, check out Blue Like Jazz, pick up the magazine while you're there. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. We were above, you were standing underneath us, we were not yet Dragons were smokes, bumblebees were stinging us Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Well, what happens in Vegas, yeah, stays in Vegas, unless you're in a horrific zipline accident, then you're probably not leaving for a while.